0: Where, did I, where 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 was I supposed to go from here? I, I had you that. see. This is what happens. Like I have like we have a plan, and then like ten forty hits, and my brain's like, Nah, there's no more plan. Um, <laughs> you're on you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> uh, you're doing so good on the fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians MH podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Coed Beast. And with me tonight, we have Joe. How are we doing? Nate. Hi, hi. And Matt. Hello. If you're joining us for the first time, Guardians MH is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community. We strive to be the first step assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is another way to normalize talking about mental health and is a fusion of mental health topics and gaming. And tonight our guest is Vanessa Gill, CEO of Social Cipher.
3: Hello. What I'm what be, super doing? Excited to be here. Hi. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Awesome. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much for coming on with us. And I know I know you have such a busy schedule and everything and it means so much to us for you to find just a little bit of time to come on and chat with us and uh share a little bit of your time time with us and we I cannot express. I already did it several times, but I, I can't express how excited we are to have you on with
0: us.
3: I am super excited to be here too. Thank you.
0: Awesome. awesome. I'm a combination of excited and nervous. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a CEO, so I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> does that
4: hurt, Joe? Does that hurt? <laughs>
0: Wow. i'm just an average joe man you know
1: you don't you don't have to worry about me i'm pretty casual i don't have my work shirt on or anything like that so i don't
3: mind <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not doing anything like super important all the time like this weekend i was under a pile of laundry watching youtube commentary like deep in yes. the depths of it I'm under a bunch of towels so you know that's that's where i'm at sometimes and that's that's it that's the title movie sometimes. <laughs> I means i'm in charge
1: of the country, but ceo yeah. of laundry and youtube here we go perfect
3: A niche youtube like film commentary <laughs> in like extremely <laughs> extremely specific genres um but yeah
1: <laughs> it still sounds fun you know what and you know what <laughs> laundry is one of those things that no one can es- escape no one oh. everyone has to do with laundry so i, I just uh, buy
0: new clothes each week
1: is that what you do no that <laughs> explains why you have a dresser full of socks um uh-huh. you know you do have to throw some of those out just letting you know the ones socks no. are, are forever socks
0: are forever Oh
1: so, i don't know i would those make a difference on that one
0: where are we going with this i don't know
1: <laughs> i already warned vanessa that we're gonna ramble and go off the rails oh, let's get us
4: back on course day. here <laughs> oh god okay
1: Yeah, no. uh, Well, uh, thank you again for coming on with us. But for all those who may not know who you are and what you do, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do.
3: Yeah, super happy to. So, uh, yeah, I'm Vanessa. I'm the CEO and co founder of Social Cypher. And we are a social emotional learning platform for neurodivergent youth and the professionals who work with them. So, the way we do that is we build space pirate video games, um, and they're 2D platformers. It's an episodic series. Um, and uh, that these games kind of come with a companion application and curriculum that allows professionals to remotely stream their gameplay, be able to watch their students play, have meaningful conversations about the social-emotional elements that are depicted within it, uh, and we do autistic representation. Um, So our first game, Ava, is about an autistic star mapper as she goes through and recruits the best space pirate crew the galaxy's ever seen um and uh that's who the player plays and uh that's that's how it all goes so yeah
0: <laughs> when so i think i think it's over like about a month ago now maybe uh <clears throat> i spoke with uh lucy and a few others from from social cipher and they were explaining the the whole the whole game to me and even though I don't act like it right now, I promise I'm a mental health professional. I'm a social worker. When they were explaining the whole game to me, I was like, I need this. I love this. I want like, this is, (laughs) this is amazing. And I was talking with, I think our mutual friend, actually, uh, Dr. Anthony Bean over at Geek Therapeutics. We were talking about it one day, just in normal conversation. And I'm talking, I'm like, the information, the data, but also how to assist and help somebody, you get to see truthfully where an individual might be struggling with when it comes to what specific interaction within the game. And you get to tailor treatment or therapy, I should say, in a much more precise manner. And needless to say, I nerded out for about like, an hour and a half with him on the benefits that this could have within any population.
3: Oh man! So,
0: <laughs> so um, I I was just like floored when uh, when I was speaking with everybody about this.
3: Dang, that's awesome! I mean, that's the goal for us, um, and I think that. What I really wanted to be able to do uh, and the, one of the answers that we got uh, in terms of just interviewing neuro- folks from the neurodivergent community, whether that was parents, professionals, neurodivergent youth themselves, um, especially when it came to professionals when we were trying to build out our companion application, one of the biggest answers that we were hearing in our interviews and focus groups uh, to the question of like, what, what kind of thing, if you could in this ideal world, um, what would you want, want to be able to see? uh your students or clients do in a really natural way. How would you want to be able to, you know, monitor how they're doing with their social emotional learning in real life? And they're like, well, I wish I could be there to watch their conversations without them knowing I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that uh, RPGs are a perfect way to be able to do that, um, especially okay. those that actually bring in uh, situations that autistic youth really face that are the some of the most difficult ones for them um, that really need practice in a safe uh, and accessible and uh, judgment free environment. Um, so yeah, that's the goal. Right. I'm, glad, I'm glad y'all are nerding out as much as I do about it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it, it promotes like freedom too for, for somebody to choose what they want to, not necessarily what they think that they have to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you really do get to see like the, it's amazing. It's just amazing. I'm just <laughs> going to sit here and say it's amazing. Uh, uh- <laughs> what, I mean, f- f- for you, like what, where this idea, where, where did the idea come from how did you sort of get all of this started like it's because the the um, the task that this must have been it must be monumentous but like where did it all start
3: yeah um, well I gonna sound so typical it all started when I was 14 um (laughs) I had a dream about this thing no uh basically what happened was uh so I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD uh when I was 14 um I was raised by a single mom we really didn't have any knowledge about uh autism and ADHD uh it was really just like google searching and that was those were kind of our resources and um Mm -hmm. I one thing for me that was like one of the biggest resources that you know wasn't ideal was that I was seeing stereotypes of people on TV, uh, and during the time that I was growing up, which honestly like wasn't that long ago. I'm I'm 24. It's not. I, I'm like talking about it as if it's like way long ago, but to me it is anyway. Um, but uh, the stereotypes that I was seeing, number one, nobody really looked like me at all. Uh, And most of the time, these folks were like just cold calculating robotic people. And I was like, all right, if if this is what autism is supposed to be, then I I guess this is what my identity is supposed to be. And um, for me, that was really harmful because I was like, all right, it looks like I am just never going to be able to connect with people. I'm just going to be a cold and calculating solitary genius and all right, that's fine, man. And so I was like, I can shut off emotions. This is okay. And so I did that for a while because I just believed I, I believed I I shouldn't. And I think more deeply, I believed I just truly couldn't uh, ever. And so uh, that as you would predict uh, produced some difficult results. So for six years, I was ashamed of my diagnoses. I didn't tell anyone about them. Um, I think especially as an autistic woman, um, where it does tend to manifest a bit differently, um, there is especially a stigma associated with it. Um, So, yeah, I developed uh, a lot of anxiety, depression, low self-esteem for all those years. uh, And it was a really tough time. And what actually helped me a whole lot, um, what kind of like got me through um, was the stories that I was discovering in music and movies and games. And eventually I started realizing that I could understand social interaction in my own way, uh, through those sources of media and through those stories. That was what made sense to me. Um, and so, you know, I started learning about, uh, like the, the chaos, like, cadences of conversation through movie soundtracks. Um, And I started learning about like how to be able to display and understand, identify my emotions better through that music or through different dialogue scenes in movies and games. Um, And so over those years, uh, of course, as you would predict, I became a neuroscience researcher uh, in college. um, And I was at the point where I was about to publish and I was just kind of like looking back on everything and, and how far I'd come. I had people that really loved and accepted me for who I am. Uh, I felt completely understood. Um, I felt like I could. Uh, I also loved and accepted them in return. And it was just like, I had never felt connections like this before. And it was all because I was finally opening myself up um, to being vulnerable and being able to be vulnerable. And... um, that was around the time. So like, I've been like look, looking back at that personal experience and I was like, all right, I have this neuroscience experience. I'm super curious about this. And I'm looking at just how far I've come as a person. And I'm realizing that there are probably so many young people that feel the exact same way I did. Um, and I don't want anyone to ever feel that way. That was terrible. Right. Um, I yeah. want people to feel super empowered with their diagnosis and realize that it it is part of their identity. Um, and that's something that they can re- embrace, um, and really find strength in. And so, uh, I ended up telling some of my closest friends about my diagnosis. Uh, and then I was like, and this is my idea that goes with it. Um, <laughs> so first of all, because I was a researcher, I was like, this is going to be a laboratory game. Um, That did not work out. I was like, yeah, people are going to wear like an EG headset. And then like, I I did all these like brainwave studies and stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is going to work. This is going to be fine. Um, (laughs) Definitely like did not work super well. Uh, And then I was like, okay, VR, this is going to be VR. It's going to be like first person 3D (laughs) VR and it's going to be amazing. And then, um, I brought on a couple more co-founders uh, that were like super into the gaming space. And they were like, no. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and like we actually had this whole fight about like, should it be a platformer? Should it be like a VR game? And um we ended up, I, I ended up kind of realizing that like a 2D platformer was really the way to go. Um, in that It not only was going to be something that would reinforce, uh, you know, we had these RPG elements. We had this dialogue system that we were trying to build. And um, the platforming, I realized, would just be so much more of an engaging reinforcer and something that uh, a student or a client or a child could find pride in um, and also build skills in. So, you know, if your strength or if something you weren't doing well was in the RPG elements, you could redeem yourself and you could go and find power through that platforming and you can just stay motivated. Um, and also, it's it's so important for, you know, feeling that it is an actual game, which it is. Um,
2: yeah.
3: And so... That's kind of the direction we went. And uh, the first entire year, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, still don't but like I'm a little better now. I have some stuff under my belt. Uh, but <laughs> I uh, that that first year was a mess. And then we I finally learned how to do business things. Um, and then we started kind of winning pitch competitions. We entered uh, a I, I lived in a mansion in Washington, D.C. Uh, for six months with a bunch of other startup founders and uh, that's how we got our start, but yeah, we, uh, I can, I can go also into just like all the insane prototypes we had. Um, we could save that for later, but yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm more, I'm like, I'm curious how we went from, and in a good way, how we went from like a science lab to space pirates.
2: Oh yeah. So, um,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's like, that that's- <laughs> that's <laughs> different.
3: So, uh, yeah. Um, so we started out and I was like, this is gonna, I still have the notebooks. I have like a stack of notebooks from all the, all the things I was going to do. And I used to be the writer of this, which like, Mm. no one should make me the writer of this. Like there are (laughs) so many better people for that, but I used to write this. I like, I used to, me and my co-founders used to do everything. we were just like art. This is like, this was before Lucy had come on and like, I was doing the art and it was Oh, it was rough. Uh, but, you know, that's, <laughs> Lucy was a total game changer there. Um, <laughs> um, and she's our lead artist, co-founder. Um, she's awesome. Anyway, yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, she's going to have some awesome coloring book pages and just, yeah, does all the art. Um, and also does a lot of other leadership things. I'm very proud of her. Anyway, um, <laughs>
4: but,
3: <laughs> see, uh, I fangirl over my co-founder slot. Um, so basically we had gone we had done that science game and then I had been like no you know what my whole like the whole reason we named this social cipher was like that I thought that this was the way that I looked at social interaction and social skills um which I don't like to use social skills but like the way that I looked at just like interacting with people um was like a cipher it was like this kind of puzzle uh where I was just kind of like piecing what I knew together from various different places um and I was like that sounds like a detective we're gonna make this a detective mystery game um and I wrote a whole (laughs) script and it was not good it was really just very sad um and then uh we went through and I was like all right we're gonna make this uh we're gonna go like we're gonna turn every emotion into a different world (laughs) And so I was Ooh. like, we're going to have angry world and sad world because all of these are totally like isolated things that only happen one at a time, right? Totally not. But like, that's what I thought. That's what we thought before. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, <laughs> you can't have a mix of emotions. Uh, but
0: <laughs> not a uh, No, no. <laughs>
3: like, so, so it was at this point where I was like, all right, so hear me out, guys. We're going to have this guy named Tom the Mato. And he's going to be a tomato. Oh, my God. His, his, when he gets oh God, angry, his head will turn into a tomato. All right. All right. And that's a visual cue for the for the kids so that they realize that he's angry. Um, so, like, those were the brilliant ideas that we were coming up with. Uh, we also had this fantastic uh, leather jacket clad fox named Sassy Fox. And at one point, the whole objective of the game was to get snacks for Sassy Fox and detect his sarcasm uh that also surprisingly didn't do that great um so <laughs> we kind of kept going back and uh a
0: part of me a part of me needs to see early artwork of sassy fox i <laughs> want oh, some content yes. for my <laughs>
3: wife has <it> uh, <laughs> lucy has all of it and like we will just we have it on an external hard drive and one time before covid like lucy and i were up um in the bay area um here like doing a pitch competition we were in the hotel room just like looking at all this old art and just like dying laughing oh no no what were you thinking um that's also you know that's also a whole thing in like product development is like if you don't cringe at your first couple prototypes like you're doing it wrong you know um so yeah so i i will definitely show sassy fox if i can find him um i tried to listen too Uh, uh yeah so then um we were, we started getting closer and I had this, like, I had this, the other thing, the other journey that was going on for me during this whole time, um, was number one, I was going through massive imposter syndrome. Cause like I was a researcher. I had just gotten out of college and I was just like, I know nothing about business or startups. And I have no, like, we don't have a product yet and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. but along with that, there was the entire, like, I went through a huge journey with my autism because when I had started this, when I had started social cipher, it wasn't about like, it, it it was more about fixing my former self and trying to like, correct things for her um, that I really couldn't fix in reality. Um, But it was like trying, it it was good. Well-intentioned, right. Because it was something where I was trying to make things better for other kids so that they weren't feeling they so they didn't feel the pain that I felt um, in social interactions during the time, uh, you know, growing up and stuff. Um, But I was going about it the wrong way. Um, And I was going at it from a point of we are going to make sure that these young people can like blend in, that they can be normal, that they can like, you know, mask and stuff. And um, it wasn't for a little while until I started really talking to other to like younger autistic youth, um, that I was realizing that that was so the wrong way. And then I was thinking about my own past self. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to have compassion for myself in the past and not try to fix who I was. Cause that was never, that was never something that was broken. Right. Um, and so that's really when, when it all changed and I, uh, yeah, that's that's something that was hard to say before, but it's it's very true and I think that that's something that a lot of neurodivergent people might feel is is especially when you don't have the right information and resources and when you have uh when you have a lot of a lot of issues accepting yourself. Um and I think that's what Social Cipher and and building Ava has really done for me. It's helped me really embrace who I am and I think that uh you know, thing when you have to like we were we became finalists unexpectedly in like all these different competitions on like a worldwide scale where I had gone from hiding my diagnosis for six years, being deathly afraid of people understanding, like seeing that that was something I had. Um, I went straight from that to having to tell my deep personal story on a worldwide platform. Um, And, you know, that's something I very easily do every day now, but like, you know, I think I would think, I think during like the first one or two, I'd say like during the first one, one and a half years, it was extremely difficult. Um, But I think that 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 journey of accepting my younger self was incredibly necessary in order to be where I am now. Um, And in order to help these young people um, through Ava and through the amazing work of my team, um, get to a place where they are not only, they do not only feel supported and loved, but they support and love themselves. Um, Yeah,
4: anyway absolutely Very amazing nice. i'm
0: i have no words um <laughs> no I, I really don't because all of that it's amazing and for some reason the one thing that keeps coming up in my head a little bit too is like one of the things that i try to and you touched upon it actually which is why like the one of the one of the things i try to work with clients on not necessarily um you know expressing a diagnosis but when we when we have like really troubling or upsetting thoughts, or if something has happened, you know, we shy away from it. We run away from it. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to bring it to the forefront. And one of the things I always say is like, well, imagine a time when you can talk about it and feel like it's normal. Like this is just a normal part of conversation and how freeing that can be and how embracing in a sense that can be. And that's exactly what you did. (laughs) By being able to talk about all of, you know, to talk about your story, but to transform your story in, to, into Ava. It, it, it's, it, it's incredible and, you know, and clearly respected because I'm on your website right now and I am looking and holy crap, the list of people here that have recognized and uh, promote Ava Uh, T-Mobile, first of all, it's
1: incredibly impressive,
0: Um, AT&T, T-Mobile, Facebook Gaming, the Game Awards, National Geographic, that's on Disney Plus, (laughs) like we need to like, (laughs) (laughs) that would be
1: amazing,
0: but Disney owns Nat Geo, so theoretically, if we're going like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you're a part, you are recognized by Disney this is true. You're
3: you. I see no flaws in your logic whatsoever, and I think that's completely true.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that because nobody ever says that to me. <laughs> Lies. But it, it's it's so it's so incredible the 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 story, the journey, and really what it's creating. And and again, somebody like myself, who, you know, sees this as probably one of the most valuable therapeutic tools that I've ever come across it is is incredible and it really does need to be shared and promoted because it's it's so crucial to potentially somebody growing up who you know has a diagnosis of of autism or whatever you know this is crucial for potential development and assistance, right? Just support. This is crucial for something like that.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, I think is a. I think as a founder um, and as an entrepreneur, you can always like. One thing is, I, I am literally someone who has gone through this exact problem. This is the whole reason I did it. But there are still points um, where I am like. Okay, but will people actually want this though? Like, what is this for though? Um, and that's just a very natural thing that happens mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship. And I, it's it really is always words from um, folks like yourselves or you know validation from uh, the young people that we play test with and pilot with that like really makes this all work and really makes it worth it. So thank you.
0: How has the response been, sort of on with with children when it comes to this game? Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs>
3: my team's watching this they're gonna laugh but uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. so like one thing that we we (laughs) um they didn't like the keyboard controls at first that was one thing um but we can fix that we're fixing that right now um the one thing that's definitely a good uh, like something we have to balance for sure um and that's Mm. a a very typical thing that happens in you know, educational gaming um, and especially educational gaming that you want to really make accessible to everyone um, is creating this uh, and striking this balance between uh, difficulty and then still be, like, being challenging and fun because you have a range of kids in these classrooms. And I think for us, we were we were assuming even though we had done like hundreds of play tests, we were still assuming like, all right, you know, most kids are gamers now will be fine. Um, and then we were, you know, it turns out we were actually wrong we wanted to make sure that this is something that's, you know, still challenging for the most advanced of gamers, um, something that'll keep them engaged, but also something that is not going to turn away, um, you know, more more inexperienced gamers um, that do want to enter the world of Ava and experience the narrative and experience that representation. Um, so that's one response we've got in terms of just like, you know, this constant adjustment and listening um, in order to get these difficulties right um and, and make this game feel good for everyone, um, both emotionally and just like physically actually playing the game. Um so that was one response, but I think the best the best responses that we've gotten, uh, and what the point at which I was finally like, "Oh, we've done something. Um, we have finally done something." Um, is when I, we were play testing, and I think this was last year. We were, we were rem- remotely play testing, and um, basically, Ava has this uh, shutdown sequence. Um, so. In typical, you know, 2D platformers, uh, you have like lives and every time that you fall or you get hit by an enemy, or whatever, uh, you you like lose a life or you die. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, what I really wanted to be able to do, and this was something, you know, done in collaboration with my team, um, was we really wanted to define what that felt like and what that was for neurodivergent folks. Um, and I was like, I immediately know what this is. This is definitely like sensory overload. Um, this is like this is a shutdown. I undergo this all the time. Um, and so like I uh, so I remember that I like actually put myself into like crowded situations so that I could feel that sensation so that we could really t- translate it to how it would feel in the game. Um, cause I really wanted to get that feeling across. And so like I would put myself in these crowds and I'd like take notes in uh, my notebook and I'd be like, this is not fun. I'm not having a fun time. Like <laughs> this is not good, but this is how I'm feeling. And so then I would like kind of try to talk about that. Um, with our fantastic animator Kayla, with the rest of our product team, um, and I think we really made that uh, sort of shutdown sequence come to life. So you know, whenever Ava in the game experiences like uh, a smokestack, uh, that's a little bit you know that's a little bit hazy, obscures her vision. Um, something that's a little bit loud, like a an ad bot, which is the thing we have in our game. Um, yeah you know, those things all contribute to you, uh, losing, you know, some spoons and your ability to really cope with and, uh, feel calm and secure in your environment. Um, and so we wanted to explain that. So, uh, basically our animator Caleb did an amazing job at like actually depicting how that shutdown feels, um, when you lose all of your lives and when you, uh, get to that point where you don't have any just mental fortitude left, uh, to deal with that. And, The way when I saw how uh, young people reacted to that, when we like that was the moment that I finally got it right because uh, that I knew we got it right Um, because we were, you know, people would fail at the platforming because it was still definitely too hard last year at one point. And uh, people would be like, oh my gosh, I do that exact same thing. I've never seen that happen um, on a screen. Like I've never seen that happen um, with anyone besides myself. That's so cool that Ava does that too. And I think that. Uh, that was something that was so meaningful for me because I know that whenever I found any elements of representation for me, I just felt so much less alone. Um, So yeah, that was, I I think that was one of the best responses that will go down in Ava history uh, for me.
0: Nice. That is amazing to be able to to depict something like that because it is something that's not known to a lot of people or it's not, well, it's known to a lot of people, but it's not represented well in exactly. like mainstream media, I should say. So, to yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I really do. So maybe a little bit of a of a controversial question, but why not? Are there are there any positive representations of a neurodivergent uh, whether person or group or community within like mainstream media?
3: Yes. Um, One of my favorite representations, and this is not like, this isn't canon, but I think it's totally true. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my favorite representations in media uh, is Elle Woods uh, from Legally Blonde. Um, She is, she has her special interests. Um, Those, you know, tend to be like fashion and uh stereotypically you know um stereotypically kind of like woman-like things but those are the things that she uh absolutely loves she is herself she's incredibly authentic um she continues to just kind of be who she is um and sometimes you know she may not get the cues of other people that are uh trying to drag her down but who cares like (laughs) she is just wholly and completely her herself and uh unapologetic about what she loves and uh I'm such a fan of that um so yeah I I love elwoods as a character as a neurodivergent yeah. character um I think that uh for me I always focus on like female neurodivergent characters just mm-hmm. because <laughs> that's that's something that I still feel is lacking which is why you know Ava is who she is um mm-hmm. but yeah like people have also thought that like you know Katniss Everdeen from Hunger Games might also be neurodivergent which yeah, there are definitely some traits there. Um, I think that, yeah, I think those are two of the ones that I that I absolutely love. Um, but I, I know that they're quite like quite a lot more. Um, and most of the time they're not, I think that what happens in a lot of autistic representation um, in a lot of media is that like the autism become is like their whole thing and their only mm-hmm. thing.
4: right um, you get the the, the Sheldon Coopers.
3: Yes. You get the Sheldon Coopers where it's like, they are wholly defined by that. And that is like, you know, or, uh, Mm. you know, their place there there's representation and kind of stuff where it's like, the autism is the conflict and it is the thing. And it's like, this is just, it's, it's just another part of your life. It's another thing that makes you uh, you, and it's, it's got some wonderful things. It's also got some things that, you know, aren't so wonderful and you got to deal with. um, But I think that like, I, I think that that's why it's, it's difficult to find like outright confirmed autistic representation a lot of the time, because Mm. um, a lot of the time you just can't have someone that like is known to be autistic. And that can't just be like a thing, a thing that they, uh, another part of their personality.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And to talk about like Sheldon Cooper, because I think that was one of my, I think for me, that was like the one that, and I think probably because I never would never have thought of either of those other examples, to be honest with you. And I guess this is a little bit telling because Sheldon Cooper was the one that was, I guess, more overt and was, like you said, defined by it. To me, and I am not someone who is autistic or neurodivergent, but like to me, I still didn't like that. And I'm okay with crapping on Big Bang Theory because I got my own. Reasons for not liking the show.
4: Too, to be man. honest.
0: I don't think we're is anybody here associated with what is it, CBS? We're good?
4: Not directly. Yeah.
0: Not directly. Okay. I, I okay. think we're good. All right, yeah. just making sure. So I hated the show. And I think a lot <laughs> and a large portion of that was uh because it was, you know, nerd joke, sex joke, sheldon joke. Repeat. Yep. Right. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't like it because Sheldon was always the joke, and it didn't seem like fair.
3: Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I think that that is completely true. And it was it it, it was he was always sort of the boat of the joke. Uh the joke was that a lot of the time, like he wouldn't get the like he he just wouldn't get the things that the neurotypical people were talking about, right. uh, even if they were nerds, and it was just like, okay, how how many times are we gonna do this? Um uh okay, That's yeah. the,
4: the Chuck Lore it has yeah repeatedly
0: for like what are we 13 seasons it's it is...
4: <sighs> anyway no let's
1: look at <laughs> I, I always wonder if we're if we're on that topic of you know characters and stuff i watch a lot of sesame street and they introduced a new character um julia well, yeah. last year on sesame street who was on the spectrum would that be considered uh neurodivergent individual yeah. so i play in the past now i'm thinking of, of sheldon cooper now but i wanted to ask about julia because i love her character and i love how so much just empathy and just uh how how those episodes are so touching and it really gets a message out and my daughter really does pay attention to those like very like she's zoned out like she is very focused on them because they're just so so caring um i play a lot of video games like a lot of us do. No. Oh. I mean <laughs> um no. one of my favorite franchises is um BioShock and one of the doctors uh Dr. Tenenbaum um is a like a Sheldon Cooper type character. So I'm just thinking of now all the different um characters in video games that and through television and shows and stuff like that that are popping up that that could be representations of uh, neurodivergent individuals and it's really kind of eye-opening like wow it's a lot more common in mainstream than people realize um, you really you, people that aren't familiar with the term or word um, may not look at it like oh I, I don't know what that is but it could literally be a description for them one of their favorite characters on their TV shows. It could be a character in one of their favorite video games. I mean, it, it it could be just the how I'm trying to word it. Getting that stigmatism off the the term and everything of it, and making people more aware of it and normalizing the term of neurodivergent and making people understand could really be eye opening for the larger community and not just the gaming community but the just social community where everybody could you know understand this term and realize that it could be a description for them their neighbor themselves you know their their favorite tv character don't worry i kind of wonder if that stigma is part
2: of the reason why you don't see a larger representation of neurodivergent characters because they don't really they don't even want to put their toe in that pool Oh, Risk yeah. any of the
1: backlash. Well, I know Overwatch came out and said that one of their characters was on the spectrum. And uh Symmet- symmetry? Man, you Symmetra. play Overwatch. Symmetra. Symmetra.
0: They I, they came, I remember that. Do you remember that? O- No, but I and that's terrible because I've been playing Overwatch since it came out and why is this the first time I'm hearing of this? Well, it they confirmed and it. And that's the that, issue.
4: <laughs> that, all right. <laughs> that's not enough to say, well, you know, the lore says our character is on the spectrum and then do nothing about it with the, that
1: is, that is the thing too. But they, they came out their their game director came out and I think they had it in one of their comics and it, it did hit my newsfeed a while back. Uh, a real while back, but it kind of stuck with me because you don't see that representation in video games very often, especially uh, like a shooter game, like, like Overwatch, where it's very fast paced and everything. And you, you, you know, have some um, standard in your mind of how these characters are. I don't know. I, maybe I, I, I look at these shooter games and I'm thinking like Mortal Kombat or something like that, where you see these very strong and you start to almost put like a label on it. And it's like, well, wait a minute, they, this individual has an edge over everybody else um, that, you know, they clearly have a strength that, that is being, you know, as being neurodivergent is giving them kind of like an edge. It's not, not a handicap in any way, shape or form. Um, Am I wrong with saying that? I mean, I don't want to misrepresent that at all, but uh, it, it just goes along with like thought process, right? how somebody processes information and stuff like that is how, how would you, how would you define the term of neurodivergent? I know we didn't touch on that yet.
3: Yeah. So I would say, I would say, first of all, that um, in a world that is, you know, in a world that is more accommodating, that is built, uh, for the communication and processing styles of neurodivergent people, no, I wouldn't think it would be a candy cap, but I think because of where we are today, um, with, you know, uh, sort of a societal uh, neglect or or um, forgetting of the fact that, like, neurodivergence exists, and it's honestly quite common and getting more common, mm-hmm. um, I think if we could become more accommodating um, in every area of life, education, in the workplace, in um, just day-to-day life and be more cognizant and aware of it, um, then no, it would not be, you know, you wouldn't have uh, as many struggles, um, whether with what have you, like with, uh, you know, social, like normal social communication or with, um, you know, accessibility, especially for, um, you know, AAC users who use alternate communication. like there, there are so many strengths associated with neurodivergence. Um, but in order for those strengths to really thrive, and for the people that, that uh, possess these conditions to really thrive, um, you have to create the, env- the right environment for it, just like we've created the right environment um, for like, neurotypical folks, um, or we've created these standards, I think a lot of these uh, standards, uh, especially for my viewpoint, a lot of the time, it's like, Standards of how businesses run, like, what even are networking events? I don't, like, why do I have to own the room and talk to everyone? Like, logically, what is that going to do? I'm not going to remember everyone. Like, uh, just things like that, um, that I think need to be reexamined for the many different processing styles, uh, neurological conditions, uh, and just ways that people best communicate and connect with others. I think people need to pay more attention to that. Um and I think that most neurotypical folks also benefit from a lot of that, from more of an attention to the way that they process and understand the world as well. Um, I think we could all benefit from that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And one of the major things that I know I've done in, in, in my career is. And actually, this part of the pamphlet that I'm writing for the 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 kit is in regards to like executive functioning, and mm-hmm. one of the levels of executive function, not one of the levels, but one of the ideas behind executive functioning is adaptability, yeah, right. And how much a person, neurotypical or neurodivergent, can adapt to a situation shows growth, and it shows um, you know its predictors for success, blah blah blah, but outside of that would like with somebody who is neurodivergent like you said they're using alternative ways to communicate they're processing things alternatively that is a huge form of adaptability that i think a lot of people tend to overlook in a yeah. sense right and how what is needed to foster that one of the things i remember my sister has down syndrome not technically not it's not considered neurodivergent but it ran but as she was growing up i always used to like volunteer at her school in the past mm-hmm. and so i became very close to her population but also within the same school there was it was a school for autism as well too so and that was one of the things that i learned at a young age i'm not i got a 9 year gap between me and my sister and that was one of the things i learned like how the environment is really what's helping to foster, you know, this individual actually learn how to talk. Right. And it's not different. It's, it's different from the way me and you were talking right now, but for them it's normal, you know, whether yeah. it's whether it's using, um, Oh, what was the big app? Was it owl? I believe. I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. There was an application. It was like a hundred dollars. I remember that, Um, (laughs) but it was one of those, it was one of those like uh, applications where you could type in a person's preferred phrases or sentences Mm -hmm. or words, and they'd be able to really just click on it. And that was their way of communication, whether it was pointing to a board, whether it was whatever it might be. Now I'm I'm going very young children, actually, in, in my sister's school. It can only went up to like 16, I believe, but still that adaptability is key. And it's always something that I, like I said, I think gets overlooked and how much a person neurodivergent or neurotypical, maybe in a sense can struggle with adapting. If not, in not, not in a conducive environment.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time, you know, that uh, when those needs and when those, um, you know, things that could potentially help a person thrive, when those accommodations um, or that support is overlooked, um, the very genius or brilliance of that person can also be overlooked. Um, And uh, that's something that, you know, uh, has the opportunity to be fostered. Um, You know, everyone has a contribution to this world, but you know without accommodations without listening uh to neurodivergent folks um you're not going to be able to bring those contributions out um and you know we don't we don't want that we don't want that happening
0: <laughs> no no not at all and not to not to continue to nerd out and fanboy out over ava but this <laughs> is one of the tools and techniques that can be used to help provide someone, you know, to help provide that type of environment, to engage within, you know, whether it's interactions and being able to Process them your own way, your own unique way, but being able to recognize and process them at the same time. And having somebody, and I, I'm going to nerd out on this again, I'm sorry, but having someone in real time be able to watch you play this game and figure out which, you know, which part of the tree, of the, the conversation tree you're picking, <laughs> I need it. I need it. It needs, I need it to be in, I need it in. My practice where I work now actually wouldn't benefit from it because I deal primarily with with substance abuse. But like I know programs and places within New York that like need this because this is what they do and this is how they could benefit from it. And it's it's just it's one of those things that step in the right direction as to what can Further assist and clearly forget my word. If you got T Mobile and AT and T telling you that it's a step in the right direction, I'm nobody yeah, right. compared to them. Oh shush! <laughs> Come on, Facebook Gaming. Mark Zuckerberg's in on this.
2: Their CEOs <laughs> are just people too.
0: Listen.
3: Oh man, no, I mean that's that's huge uh, because I I think that what I, the value that I really find in this is that, you know, I, I experienced this myself, like growing up, um, like even when I was little, like this was another big indicator, and, you know, when I was like four years old, I would like, we were in a hospital room for something. Um, and I was looking at like the pain scale, which has like all the cartoon faces on it.
4: Mm-hmm. And that's
3: how I learned and understood how to like detect, you know, what emotions were. And to this day, I can still do a super cartoony frown because I was like, that's how I was thinking <laughs> things. My mom would be like, what, like, what number do you feel like today? And I'd be like, 10 on the scale, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but it was things like that. It was, it was being able to put it in the context of stories. And, you know, later on it was like, oh, hey, you remember that scene in that movie where like the character felt like this? That That's kind of like me right now. And like, it was just that kind of connection and that I saw in the potential of Ava, being able to uh, maybe, you know, if you are not at the point, like. It, I think for me, even like there are times where I cannot process the actual situation going on yet. And I can't like communicate into words yet, like what the situation was, how it impacted me and how I'm feeling now. But if I watch a scene from a movie or if I play a game and I go through like a certain scene in that game um, and I feel something, and it triggers something in me. I'm like, oh, this is. That that's it. There, here, and like mm-hmm. I think being able to communicate that way um, with professionals who can help you um, and who can kind of help, kind of read between the lines um, and see how that's applying to your life, and you can have meaningful discussions about it. That's huge. Um, mm-hmm. It's something I really want to be able to create.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. And I love, and again, I love anything that's used in the medium of like video games or TV shows. Um, I know I personally just cried at a Pokemon episode recently, so that unlocked some things for me. We won't talk about that though. Um, but I get it on that level because, you know, especially in a the therapeutic sense, like it, yeah, like okay, something had to be brought out here. Something, something's going on. Yeah. You know, if you know, if Ash is, you know, leaving behind Butterfree, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a good time. Sorry, sorry. Um. <laughs> It's it, it something's going on, and you're able to have again that conversation to discuss, like really, what you know, what are you feeling right now? Why do you think you're feeling this way? What's you know, what's going on? Safely, exactly. absolutely. So, okay, um, dead air. That's okay. That's my fault. <laughs> Joe, no, I'm Joe's... actually. I was
4: just. Uh, I was oh. just looking over the uh, the uh, game trailer on uh, on the social cipher site.
3: The pirate hat was my idea.
4: I love That's it. Absolutely That's
3: my only love contribution, it. but I'm very proud of it. That's um, not
2: your only contribution. Let's be honest.
3: No, so that trailer was completely made by the rest of the team. The product is like, they they have brought it above and beyond and like made it what it is today. Um, truly in that video, like I was just like, I want one thing in this video. I want to wear a pirate hat. Please let me do it. And, and I, they, they gave <laughs> me. Like, Give the me the pirate hat. They, they let me do it. I did have to. I did have to record a uh, an alternate one because everyone was like, "I don't know if it's going to work, Vanessa," and I'm like, "I I also don't know if this is going to work, but I I just I just feel like we need to do it." And they were like,
0: it "Has to happen."
3: We're going to put it in for you. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's just always the thing I have to
0: shout at the beginning of that. No, and it was, and it was. A, it was needed absolutely. <laughs> um, well, if you
1: want, we could uh, yes for everybody that's tuned in with us. We could share the um, video of Ava that you have yeah. on your website with everybody. If you want to take yes. a minute, and we could share that with everybody. All right, give me a second. No, a second.
0: Wait work. does that does that mean we have to entertain for the dead air? Um, I could sing. Don't yeah, worry, don't this cross. is all
1: post editing. So.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually, Animal
1: Crossing.
0: We, <laughs> we, we can put on Animal Crossing. Really no, well.
2: I
3: can show the original drawings of Ava, like the really original storyboards I made in college. Yes. Okay, well, let me see if I have
1: them. Hey, uh, Pale thank you so much for the donation, buddy. Pale with the
0: dono. Pale and Farrix. Oh, Pale and Farrix with bits. Thank you. Woo. And pale with the dono.
4: Mm. I, I'm never going to get that song out of my head. I'm glad I found it. I found it. So now I can listen to it whenever I want.
3: So these are the never, like these are the hardly ever before seen very first prototypes of Ava that uh, oh, wow. our play testers did not like. I drew them myself. Um, <laughs> but basically.
1: Oh, they're the amazing. Skill,
3: um, but essentially this was for the VR one. And I was like, she's going to have a bedroom. She's going to go into the room. And then she's going to find a world inside. Um, and that was, that was the game. And I was like, there will be a lot of worlds. This is a, a dog talking to a guy. I don't know. Oh, it, it literally just says, woof, and come on in. I don't, I don't know what that means. But that, that was the first thing. Um, and I showed these to an eight-year-old and she was not jazzed. Uh, She was not, (laughs) surprisingly. um, I told her it was gonna be a game and it wasn't. And then I, uh, her mom brought her in again. And the next time, basically what I had done was I turned these, I didn't know how to do Photoshop back then. I only did it for like very limited purposes. And so Mm -hmm. what I did was I drew out like almost every panel of this on paper And then I scanned it into my computer using an old-fashioned scanner. And then I colored every single asset in, in Photoshop. And then I put it on a PowerPoint slide with sound effects. And then I had her play through the PowerPoint and she hated it. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. Makes sense. That's unfortunate. But, you know, she was like, she, we did listen to her. Like, right, we we knew that she wanted she loved Super Mario Brothers. So like I made a little Luigi hat and I gave it to her at the end. And like, you know, it's just little things like that. And and you know, she's ten years old today and she still she really likes she really likes Ava now. Um so that's good.
0: She stayed that's on. Great.
3: I think if even when your prototypes are janky as this, uh what gets you through <laughs> is is listening listening to we, the people we, that we know call that, that old school players
4: yeah that's how they used to do it back in the in the, in the heyday was you you draw your storyboards and you know what oh. it may not be the flashiest way but it got it done
3: it did i mean it gave us the foundation for what people did yep. like and didn't like and we did right. it in a way that wasn't that painful um, but yeah that was kind of it
0: i'm curious why did what why was the vr sort of like no absolutely not
3: yeah. So that was for a couple of reasons. I mean, one of them was that we were all a team of, you know, we started as a team of people that had just gotten out of college, uh, didn't have mm-hmm. too much game design experience, except for my co-founder Charlie. Um, he he had done like a, a couple things with games before, um, was like very passionate, very good learner. Um, we were like, there's no way we're going to be able to develop in VR. <laughs> like we know nothing <laughs> about this. Um, okay. That was one. Uh, the other one was that I was realizing like just the sensory implications of VR and how like, you know, oh, yeah. it there, there can be a feeling of loss of control. Um, it, I think we, we originally geared this game for like younger kids, like ages mm-hmm. six and up um, now we're ages 10 to 15, which is just a much better fit for our story and all. Um, mm-hmm. But at that time we were, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was like, Oh, you know, this is a. Th- a headset on your head is a total sensory thing, not yeah. to mention just like the the orientations of being in a virtual reality world. Um, our graphics were probably going to be definitely not as beautiful as they are here in, you know, in, in our 2D platformer. Um, and also, you know, there's that supervision element. And we were originally selling to parents and like, I was also nervous about the fact that, you know, if, if a if a child has a headset on their head and a, a parent, you know, needs to go tend to something, um, like I want to make sure that they're safe as well. Um, mm-hmm. so there's a couple of things. Most, mostly though, yeah. it was really like sensory and sensory stuff and design, just experience in that
0: field. Yeah, yeah. That's, see again, that sensory overload mm-hmm. when, you, when you do VR, yeah. And it's telling to, I guess, for someone like myself, I didn't think about that, and it's yeah. something. Yeah, that's that's something that's huge because for me, I can put on a VR headset and be okay. Right. But yeah, for somebody, yeah, for somebody who has a tendency for um for sensory overload, yeah, putting on VR and like just everything being that, yeah, no, that's exactly that. Can yeah, and I think
3: for for younger kids especially, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I personally, I just got a VR set for my boyfriend, actually, because he had one. He wasn't using it. I uh, play Beat Saber religiously. I love Beat Saber. Um, I, and like, we'll never probably get <laughs> from that. But like Arizona Sunshine, which is a zombie game. I tried that once and I like threw the headset and ran away because you just hear the zombies in your ear. And I was like, nope, mm-mm, never, never.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> no, a, no. There's an app that does something similar called Zombies Run that you probably wouldn't like then.
3: Oh, yeah. I tried Zombies Run. Um,
2: <laughs> i that was, note.
3: Cool concept. I love, you know, the idea of this story. I don't like running that much, so maybe this will work. And then I heard them, and I was like, oh. I was yeah. like, I'm not even going to run faster. I'm just going to throw the head. <laughs> nope, I'm done. That's it. It just doesn't work. I tangent, is really-
2: but it just made me think
0: of that. Oh no, yeah, but again, and and that's something, yeah, that you that you'd have to take really, really, almost like special attention to, is to make sure that the sensory overload is not there. And again, that this game is accessible no matter what.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've had to continue to do work on, even in a two D platformer. Like we had a, yeah. a in our intro sequence, we have this alarm that's like blaring. Um, no spoilers here, but there's an alarm that blares for something. And it was too loud for people at the beginning. And it definitely yeah. can fit you off Or like, you know, the theme music can can be a little too loud um, and can mm-hmm. clash with other sound effects. And it's like, that's totally real. And that's the other thing is like, we always are testing with a range of neurodivergent folks. Cause like you can ask me or the other folks, neurodivergent folks on our team. um, And like that typically gives you a good, you know, fundamental direction of where you should be going. But, um, you know, over time, we were like, you know, once you like, it it is so true that once you have met one autistic person, you've met just one. And while we cannot satisfy everyone, um, it is so important to just have an extremely diverse range of experiences. um, Because autism, uh, autism, especially uh, not even mentioning, you know, autism, ADHD combinations, Right, uh, right, and stuff like that, like, there are just so many different experiences under the autistic umbrella. Everyone yeah. is so different in, in where their strengths or uh, where their difficulties are. Um, it's definitely not a straight line. So that's that's something that we really always try to take get, take into account, and are constantly yeah. trying to improve that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and again, like each individual is unique. Nobody is. Nobody should be the same, in a sense. But we're all going to respond to, you know, different things. And neurodivergent, my understanding of it, I should say at least, is that there are – everybody has a different sort of sensory overload or what is going to sort of trigger that type of response. Right. But I think above all else too, though, your game in particular has really been able to to manage that well, but it's also not – I think the other thing, too, that has, that has a tendency to happen with games like this is that it's too on the nose, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, people know, like, OK, this is a mental health game or this is something I should be doing. This game, though, it's like, no, no, this is a platformer that's going to be somewhat challenging. And you're giving Mario a run for his money, realistically, because this is a totally different Type of platform with an RPG element. It's not yeah. on the nose. It's not blaring you in the face that this is behind the scenes doing what it's doing. Would yeah, it's. That, it's balance in, that, that balance must have been in, that balance must have been
3: very it was very difficult and it was yeah. definitely you know at the very beginning and and while we were you know before we got fantastic writers on the team right like we were definitely struggling with that because i you know I was struggling with my whole relationship with my autism mm-hmm. um and I was just like okay should autism be the enemy like like certain depression games kind of portray it should it be like something you become friends with and then i I think the big realization was that like the, the autism should not be the central conflict of this at all. Um, like it is just an element of, you know, it is an element of Ava that comes through and um, but you know, it's just as much of an element as, you know, the fact that we're a platformer, like that's just, yeah, no, exactly. It's just baked into the game. That's just what it is. Um, yeah. And it doesn't, I, I don't think it needs to be, it's, it's definitely acknowledged. Like, I think that's incredibly important, but it's not something where like, you know, every five seconds it's like, but I'm autistic. Right. Uh, I like, think <laughs> when you do that, you do
4: it, uh, you do it a disservice. Cause then it's just like, it, it almost feels ham like, by the way, if in case you forgot,
3: yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like, well, we wanna we wanna make this a, a, a thing that is just part of our identity, uh, and something that right. people can relate to in a realistic way.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a game first, a tool second,
4: yeah. or even
0: last. <laughs> you know, and that's that's difficult. We I I know I've seen games where it's just like blaring. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, it's the, the
4: difference between being a trait and a trope. Right. Right.
0: It's a good way to you know put the it. difference the difference be- you know between Sheldon Cooper and somebody else. That's yeah. right. <laughs> if we haven't learned just this whole episode, if you've learned nothing, you know my hatred for Big Bang Theory. If nothing else.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's interesting is and I was talking about it before my sister loves it. So whenever she comes into my house, I have to put it on. And I'm like, this is torture. Like you're paying. You back. don't
2: have to. It's your house. Oh
0: yeah, tell that, to my, tell that to my sister. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, so this is this is torture for the years that I picked on you and the years that I was the typical brother. Okay, I'm getting it. Okay, <laughs> fine. You
2: put in put in your mouth guard so you don't grind your teeth too much. Oh, oh. just like.
0: But she just likes it for the laugh track. But that's a different story. Oh, the canned laughter of sitcoms. I make fun of her because I'm allowed to. That's a different story. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's great. And I, I I think to just, you know, just as to not, to, to go into a little bit of what we're going to be fundraising for sort of this weekend, um, Lucy and Jessica, Came to, uh, got in touch with us, and we were floored. And I I I love this story. um We were talking, and L- Lucy was like, "Well, you know, we were thinking about a kit, but I don't know. Is it too much? I don't know if it can be done." And I was like, "You know, let me talk to Joe." And I was like, "I don't, I don't see why not, but let me talk to Joe." And I, I think it was two seconds. Joe was like, "No, yep, we're doing this. It's happening." And oh yeah. Oh yeah, when we, without a doubt. When we, met a, when we met a second time with the Lucy, actually admitted she was like, "I thought this was a pipe dream. I didn't think this was actually going to happen." <laughs> when Matt brought
1: it up, he, uh, he, I, I love the delivery of it, and I love the idea of it, and I go, you know, this is really impactful, and that's one thing that we really try to do is do things that have a real positive impact on on the gaming community and individuals. And when he brought it up with doing a special one for our uh, mental health kit program, you know, with the neurodivergent one, a focus one. Ryder, thank you so much for getting us up over a hundred. Oh, we're one cent away. Oh, you are, you're a villain. I love you so much. <laughs> um, I, I immediately put a deck together to just kind of give an idea to the team what we could do. And uh, Matt helped me put it together. And uh, we collaborated with a few other mental health professionals. Uh, Dr. Bean from Geek Therapeutics is one of them. He's uh, uh, one with uh, Geek Therapeutics is uh, one of our partnered orga- organizations. We do a lot of great work with them. We love everything that they do. And uh, also Dr. Kelly from uh, Geeks Like Us. And we wanted to have that uh representation and be able to deliver all the resources properly and have real meaningful stuff in the kit so we started talking one weekend and uh i put a deck just a, an example deck together and when matt invited me to talk with lucy and everybody and the rest of the team i uh i had matt share the deck and i was like you guys put a deck together for this <laughs> Yes, we absolutely did. We are very passionate about doing this. And uh, I was so happy that it it brought a lot of excitement to the team that that we were going to go forward with it and the ideas that we had for it already. And uh, Dr. Bean has already shared his pamphlet and everything with me and the resources there. And there's also uh, a really neat uh, uh, – there's like a worksheet that we're putting together. And it's for – Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It's uh like a daily quest log. Um, it's to like it's like a, a scheduled worksheet to help people, uh, you know, work out their day and have it out in front of them. That way, they can help plan throughout their day and help progress. And right now. Um, Dr. Bean helped put that together, and I'm trying to find the right format to have it be reusable, that somebody who gets the in, in a kit can use a dry eraser and use it daily, where they can erase it and then continue writing for the next day, any notes, anything like that. I'll share it with you and the rest of the team. Actually, I think it might be in the group chat, but... Uh, yeah, just for everybody that's you know joining us right now, this is what we are uh, raising donations for, and this is what the kit bag is—if I can get my camera right—is going to look like. And they're super unique and amazing. I absolutely love the work that was done on these. They're they're just so appealing, right there. I mean, I when I opened it, I was just like, ah, oh, these are amazing. They look way better than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They look really good.
4: Yeah, they do. But we had I just shipped out a bunch of them. Come on, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have to get with Joe. Um no, but uh, they're really amazing. I love the designs on them, and it's it's really appealing. And then also the sensory items that we're going to have in there are really great, too. And the Pop Bubble Fidgets, these are little mini ones that, that people can bring along with them, keep them in your pocket and everything. So they got a really satisfying pop to them. They got really cute designs on
4: the front. You can't, can't really, really see them do, all Do the well. ASMR.
1: Oh, I can't. Do it.
0: <laughs> do it. Oh, I can't. So, satisfying.
4: There it is. You, so you gotta satisfying. be
1: here to experience it no and uh we also have uh breakaway necklaces so um one thing that was requested for the kits was to have like a chewable necklace for the sensory to for for people to uh to wear around with them and have so uh they, they call
4: around. it jewelry it's like the greatest jewelry? name ever
1: That's jewelry a, it is a great, great one
4: pun.
1: yep and uh uh, searching around and everything like that with, with our, uh, people that we work with to fulfill all of our sensory items in our, our main kits. Uh, we came across these like Lego blocks. So the Lego blocks are really nice. They have a large texture on the front and then on the back side, for like the tongue side, there's little ridge bumps right there. So you get that, that sensory, that real, uh, feeling the texture on the bottom, but it's also a breakaway necklace. So if anybody's getting a little too rough, they pull on it, they're not going to choke on or anything like that. So we wanted to have that uh, specifically looked for that. So it would have, uh, you know, that safety factor to it. And the great thing is they come in a lot of different colors, so many different colors. There, these are awesome, awesome, awesome. But uh, we could sit here and talk about everything that's going to be going in the kits. Uh, We
4: will. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Should I get li- I, I'll, I'll the I'll pull it up. Uh, more but. importantly,
0: there's going to be information in regards to uh, Social Cipher and Ava and the amazing work that they are doing yes. there. Um, and you guys can get to please check out their website as well. Check out Ava. Uh, if you are a mental health professional and you're listening to this, please go look at it, please. It would make me very, very happy, if nothing else, um, because it's super important um, mm-hmm. and can just be a useful tool in the many, in, in the toolboxes that we all keep. It um, can be just a very useful tool. Um, you'll also get um, curated um, information, so we're the organization, the other organizations that are involved outside outside of Guardians, And social. So we have um, Geek Therapeutics and Geeks Like Us with Dr. Anthony Bean. Um, And we're each sort of tackling a, not tackling, but we're explaining and talking about various skills and various um, things that you can do to assist. Uh, so if, if somebody is neurodivergent, some skills that they can do to assist with whatever it might be. Uh, like I said before, I'm working on some stuff discussing and surrounding uh, executive functioning and what it entails, what it means, and how to, you know, whether it is increase that or just gain more knowledge in uh, around it. Um, I don't know exactly, you know, Joe, uh, what are, what's... Um, What's Geeks Like Us and uh, Geek Therapeutics doing? Because I'm just focused on what I'm doing because I'm selfish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because you're, that is not true whatsoever. Um, Geek Therapeutics has got a really, really great uh, pamphlet put together. And I'm trying to think right off the top of my head. I know Dr. Kelly from uh, Geeks Like Us doing one. It would like it, it's going to revolve around like uh, positive psychology, uh, including like related uh, non-redundant activities and facts about. Uh, on how successful NeuroDivergent uh, use their strengths and passions to succeed, kind of like using examples like Walt Disney with ADHD, Dan Aykroyd with uh, ASD, you know, more like that. And also with, uh, you know, video game, you know, avatars and stuff like that, you know, based on human traits as well. Um, He's got some great examples uh, coming forward with that as well. And he is focusing on emotional regulation and then life skills as well. So, uh, those are going to be focused on that as well. I did pull up, oh, I got discord pulled up there. <laughs> uh, I put up on the stream, just, a, a something that we put together for our streamers. So they would have more knowledge of what is going to be going in the kits as well. So if you look, if you're joining us live and everything, uh, you can check out the screen right now. And I, sorry, Nate, I put it over your face. I, you're right in the middle. Um, So inside, you're going to see the the bags. You're going to have inserts right there. Each kit's going to come with uh, resourceful informational inserts from what is neurodiversity. Uh, It's going to have another insert card as well that uh, focuses on problem-solving coping skills, some grounding techniques, and breathing techniques as well. You're also going to have the focus pamphlets from three different organizations talking about various just – Different elements from emotional regulation, life skills, and executing functions, as well as uh, every kit's going to come with a journal and pen. So you can start, you know, utilizing those right out of the kit right there as well. It's a great tool to have uh, sensory items like I showed with the, uh, the jewelry and the uh, mini fidget pops pop bubbles and the custom coloring book, which will come with crayons or colored pencils as well. So you can start utilizing that as well. And I'm so excited to pages are rolling in now with that. And we are almost to the number that we were looking for. We we're looking for 15 to 20 pages. And it looks like we're going to hit a 20 pages. And, uh, I can't wait to share that with everybody as well. And thank you so much to the social cypher team and all the collaborating artists that have, you know, came together to create that. It's going to be so special and so unique. I can't wait for everybody to see that. And then so many other added goodies as well. Uh, there's going to be a a contact card in there, promo cards for social cypher, as well as uh, much more neurodivergent, uh, custom neurodivergent, uh, Stickers as well, each kid's gonna come with uh neurodiversity stickers in there as well, and some other added goodies as well, so I'm really excited for that, and really can't wait for for to show everybody else more, frankly, I really can't yeah. wait. it's gonna be great I'm gonna love it
0: oh, I'm so up, yeah i uh, we are we 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 are so excited, and again, huge shout out to Vanessa you was you um but uh <laughs> uh Lucy uh Louise and Jessica have been phenomenal with everything and we got them in a in a Discord call together uh Discord group text and they probably hate me and Joe at this point but we love them. <laughs> um they,
3: from the chat I can show you, I can from our company chat I can tell you right now that they're they're super psyched about this and I think they're they're in the they in are. the audience, right? Yeah. Now. And yeah. I think this is perfect, embarrassing them with all of the amazing things that they've done to get that. So,
4: Lucy and Louise were in chat. Yes.
3: Oh, yeah. And Louisa. Yeah.
4: Louisa, oh, Luisa. Sorry.
0: Go.
3: Sorry.
4: Oh, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Everything Lucy, on my screens are all scrolling by here. Scared. So, my apologies.
1: <laughs> I know Lucy was a little spooked when you started to show the concept art and everything. She was a little spooked, like, not my stuff, right? Like, <laughs> the pirate had her idea. no i love it i love everybody over on the team everybody's just so much fun and uh it's thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to you know help put something together that is going to be this meaningful and i really can't wait for this weekend uh when we started talking about you know coming up with uh, you know the funding for the kits and everything like that, we were going to hold a uh, benefit stream right around this time, anyways, for our program. And what better way than to uh, make it to benefit the neurodivergent mental health kits as a whole and bring these <laughs> to reality to get them in the hands of gamers and individuals. Um, and the great thing about it is. They're a hundred percent free for people to request. So mm-hmm. uh, when we start do promoting them, we are going to launch them along with your game. So whenever you, we get them all set, you guys give us the okay, and we will put up, you know, a special website links, everything like that. And people can go ahead and start requesting them. And uh, I'm really excited to see, see everybody get them in their hands and, you know, feel just how much value these kits really have in them, and really hope that everybody gets a chance to go check out Ava go go to Social Cipher, follow them on all their socials, everything like that, and you know put their game on your wish list. You're gonna want to get yeah. it. It's such a cute game. It kills me. Um, I love all <laughs> the characters in it. I
0: don't um, think that's the goal. So, to, to so cute. No, it well, that's my goal. Yeah. Oh, that's it's so cute. so cute, it kills you.
1: <laughs> it's so cute.
0: <laughs> killer that's cute. Killer hey, cute. That's, <laughs> thank you so much for the donate. Oh gonna, my gosh. I know we don't typically name our podcasts on like Spotify or Apple, but can we name this episode Killer Cute? Please. Is it plausible? <laughs> can we do this? Come on, John. Right. Come on. All right. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. that's a no. that's the a killer thing.
1: cute episode. I that's mean, mean I d- it does have cool. a ring to it. But that's,
0: the, that's such the dad. That's that, that's like, that's the dad thing to say. Like, oh, you know, we'll talk about it later. That means enough. <laughs> <laughs>
2: put a pin in it.
0: Put a, um, put a pin in
3: it. Are we going to play the wait list there? The video, the video. We can.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. I absolutely will. Cool. Um, then everyone
3: else can also see the cute. Yes. How it is.
4: (laughs) I actually have it pulled up right here. And the game too. I mean, Vanessa in a pirate hat is adorable. (laughs) Actually, you dressed up in cosplay as Ava, didn't you?
3: Yes, indeed. Oh, did you find that? Did I? Oh,
1: I found it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> don't you worry i made
3: all the costumes for the whole team yeah. and uh I, i'm not sorry about it and then we went we went to okay, Hollywood. Yeah, i was
4: gonna house. say joe either cover me all the That's way great. up or just don't do it <laughs> hey i'm working on it
1: all right you know this is, this is hard you stuff. leave me a place to peek i'm gonna peek i didn't exactly have uh lucy's <laughs> like wow throwback <laughs> Cram, thank you so much for the dono, buddy. Uh, Cram is our lead programmer. Cram uh, does so much for us. He helps us with our uh, RTS bot. It stands for real-time support. Uh, we created a twenty-four-seven uh, on-demand mental health and crisis resources bot that individuals can utilize on uh, Discord, Twitch, and mobile devices. So it's all over a hundred plus resources on there. Uh, anything from uh, organizations to crisis support uh lgbtq you name it uh we have resources on there for virtually everything and even uh conditions and uh illnesses stuff like that and there's our uh, friend vanessa dressed up as ava oh no we have all the team members right yeah there. oh i love it oh, yeah. yes. oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it it's perfect absolutely I, perfect it is.
3: I made my eyes like all cartoony while the rest of the team was in a restaurant eating Thai food. And I was like in my heart, just like trying to put like giant eye makeup on. Because I was like, this has to happen for me to look like Ava. And I, I kind of look like her. So, you know.
0: That's cute. The purple I love hair it.
3: hairspray. You're right, Lucy. <laughs> I forgot. I sprayed her hair purple and we both choked on the hairspray.
2: Um, Um, I mean, if you didn't, then you're doing it wrong,
3: right? (laughs) We were in like a non-ventilated bathroom too.
2: Oh no, (laughs) it's awful.
3: It was fine. (laughs) It was worth it.
1: Absolutely. I love it. it. Well, Matt, I think we've reached the end of the night before anybody turns into a pumpkin. Why
0: don't you take us out? Absolutely. So thank you all for listening to the guardians mental health podcast uh if you can please leave us a review on itunes podbean or wherever you listen to your podcast it really helps spread the podcast to others who may not necessarily have listened to it uh for those in our twitch channel right now and listening to us this weekend while well, starting today realistically but tomorrow and sunday we are having our spring Um, mental health kit fundraiser Mm. that is going towards our neurodivergent mental health kit with Vanessa and social cypher. So please come on out. Um, If you can't, if you can't financially support, that's okay, but Mm. just spread it around to everybody as much as possible. Let's get the word out. Let's continue to build these, these kits. send them out and also show Ava some love as well too. Mm. Um, Yes. Keep up to date with everything that we're doing over at guardiansmh.org and follow us on Twitter at guardiansmh. Keep a lookout on Twitter. We're going to be announcing a few other things that we're sort of in working with in conjunction with. So keep an eye out there. Uh, if you want to come say hi to us, our Discord is open to everybody. It is a partner Discord server over at discord.gg slash 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 guardiansmh. Uh, we provide peer support, mental health resources, and we're just kind of cool people. Um, if you are able to, like I said before, please feel free to, to donate to our nonprofit over at our tiltify.com slash guardiansmh. Uh, you can also assist us on Patreon and Coffee as well uh, at guardiansmh. If you are looking to rep some of our merch, you know, we have some really awesome shirts and really awesome things you can have guardians logo on a coffee mug which i have at work Um, (laughs) feel free to check us out at bonfire.com slash store slash guardians mh i think i did it we're good and please go check out um uh, social cypher i can't talk but please go check out social cypher go check out ava again i'm going to say it one more time if you are a a teacher, a mental health professional who services and helps those who are neurodivergent. Please go check this game out. Utilize it. Look for it. Love it because it is just going to be another tool that you have to assist the population. So please go check them out. Please go support them as well. Um, if you do go tell them you said hi. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Vanessa, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute blast. This was so much fun. And you know this has been fun working. And you're, you're more than welcome to come back on. We can continue this conversation. We can talk forever. We can just talk about whatever you want.
3: <laughs> oh wow! I'm in the club now. This is great. You're in the club. <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. You're in the club. We have we have t-shirts. We have t-shirts. Uh, we potentially yes. can have cookies. Um, you know, we'll deliver them to you. I'm not sure. You know, given COVID, so we'll deliver some cookies. Milk, you may have to provide yourself. Um, uh, we're you we're uh, cool we're cool <laughs> um, we bring
1: milk and cookies <laughs>
3: <laughs> if there's milk I'm in. um no thank you so much this uh this was super fun um and just great to be on i am such a fan of everyone's work here of just the fact that y'all are nerding out as much as i have been about this and and just are recognizing um yeah what well, we're trying to do here and i'm really excited about these neuro- neurodivergent mental health kits too um yeah thank you so much for all your work and for having me
1: absolutely thank you and everybody thank you so much for hanging out yes. with us have a good night everybody. Okay. Thank you, everybody.